Well, it is a gift to be with you all today as we worship. And as we now enter this moment in this worship space, I want us to turn now to the Word. We're going to be looking in the book of Exodus today. If you have Scripture with you, you might open it to Exodus 3. We're going to start in verse 7. And then look a little bit into chapter 4. You'll also see it up on the screen. But let us uh, listen carefully to God's Word today. And so we read, The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And God said to Moses, and Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your father has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And then reading into chapter 4, Moses answers, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. Lord, I pray that you would bless the reading of your word. Lord, would you be lifted up and speak to us a word of hope and challenge wherever we find ourselves this morning, we pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, friends, my prayer is that today this word might speak some hope to us, particularly to those of you who find yourselves overwhelmed by some of the realities we are bumping up against in this world 2020, by all accounts, has been a hard year. And I have heard this constant refrain from us of of feeling almost overwhelmed in light of the challenges that we are up against. As this pandemic has continued to pay its toll on us, as we are in a season where we are navigating social tension, as our news feeds continue to be flooded with stories of oppression and heartbreak. In times like this, we can feel overwhelmed and and almost paralyzed at time, wondering how can we bring any words of hope and encouragement in a world that, if we're honest, sometimes feels beyond repair. If that's where you find yourself this morning, you are in good company. This is not actually an unprecedented time, but an experience that many people throughout the history of this world has found themselves in, and that is where we pick up the story in Scripture today. We encounter God's people described as overwhelmed with misery, suffering, overcome by this sense of oppression as they are enslaved in Egypt. 
But into that space, we hear and encounter this good news that I want to proclaim today, which is that we have a God who sees their misery and hears their cries. I want to lift up this hope that there is a God who sees our misery, hears our cries, and actually wants to invite us to be part of this work of deliverance in a world gone wrong. In the midst of all this, he calls out this man Moses and invites him, gives him the privilege to be part of this work. As we encounter the story, though, we notice that Moses begins with a place of resistance. And I want us to just name some of the the obstacles or the resistance we face as we think about stepping into these hard places and bringing a word of hope and healing to those in need. I notice at least four objections that Moses raises, objections that I can resonate with and perhaps you can see in your story today. In verse 13, we hear Moses begin by saying, I feel unworthy or inadequate. There's this constant refrain in this text. Who am I? Who am I that I would go to Pharaoh? I'm this fugitive, this mere shepherd wandering in the desert. How might I even have any sense of possibility in confronting this oppression? There's this sense of inadequacy. I'm just wondering if that's something that you wrestle with at times. There's a psychologist, Les Parrott, who did a study a while back where he did a review of how many uh, negative things we say about ourselves, about our self-talk. And in one of the studies, he discovered that over 70% of the messages we say to ourselves are messages like what Moses says in this text, that we wrestle with the sense of inadequacy, particularly in the challenges that we are up against. I feel unworthy. Who am I? The second objection comes in verse 13 where Pharaoh, uh, sorry, where Moses says, basically, what am I to say? I don't know enough. What if they ask me who you are, God? What am I to say? I I hear in this, this question of competence where Moses is wondering, maybe I need to go to seminary for a couple more years. I need a couple more courses. I don't know what to say. I don't know enough. I wonder if that's something that holds us back from time to time, where we we feel like we're not fully trained, and so we hold back. We we stay in the safety of just doing one more course, reading one more book, as important as those are. Have you ever been in those circumstances where you just haven't had the words, I don't know what to say, I don't know if I know enough to speak with competence into this situation? Then we discover in chapter 4, verse 1, a common obstacle where he says, what if I fail? What if they don't receive my message? So there's this sense of feeling unworthy of not knowing enough, but now this common obstacle, this fear of failure. And then lastly, and we didn't read through the rest of chapter four, but there's this final objection by Moses where he says, why don't you send somebody else? Somebody else can do this better than me. Can you connect at all with any of those objections in your life? Do you find yourself playing those negative tapes that makes it feel as if there's not much we can do in the face of the challenges that we are up against and the calling that God is nudging us towards? 
Well, into that, into these objections, into this sense of inadequacy, we encounter now another question in Scripture. And we've been looking each week at these various questions that God asks us in Scripture. And I believe that this question today that comes to us in chapter 4 has the power to break through those objections, to recenter us, to move us beyond paralysis towards a deeper realization that God, in his power, can use us, even in our weaknesses. We encounter this question from God, what is that in your hand? Moses has just spent the majority of this conversation focusing on what he doesn't have, but God recenters him and says, what is it that you do have that I can use to bring about hope and healing in this world? I want to invite us to wrestle with this question today. This isn't just a rhetorical question. It is an invitation into conversation with the Lord. And I believe that this question perhaps has the power to recenter and focus us, to move us beyond paralysis to dependence and partnership with the Lord. I notice Moses' answer, and at first it doesn't seem like there is much. He says, I'm holding this staff. And I empathize with Moses. It doesn't seem like much in the face of Pharaoh's power, in the face of Pharaoh's resources. And yet, as I reflect on what Moses brings, I think it it helps us discover some of the things that God has placed in our hands that he can use. On a very basic level, I think this calls us to focus on what are some of those basic abilities that God has placed in our hands that can be used for the common good. Now, many of us are not holding a staff, but this question asks us to reflect on what we are holding that we can use. What are some of the abilities that God has given us that we can use for his kingdom? We're not holding a staff, but maybe some of us are holding a cell phone today that we can use to call someone who is hurting. Perhaps we're holding a pen that we can use to write a message of encouragement. In this season during the pandemic, I think like Moses, we tend to focus on what we don't have, the limitations. We don't have the normal spaces that we use for ministry. But I wonder if God is wanting to recenter us and ask, what do we hold Do we hold a Zoom account that we can use to connect with others? One writer notices that this whole conversation with Moses is happening in the middle of work, in Moses' work day. He's just out in the desert, and he's shepherding his sheep. And I wonder if that's maybe a focusing question. Where does God want to break into our workplaces to use those skills and vocations that we already have for the common good? For those of you who are teachers, how might God break into that space to see my gifts as teaching as as a way of bringing hope to those who are discouraged, to equip students to flourish, for business owners to bless their workers, for lawyers to perhaps support those who are vulnerable? I think of those who are retired now and have this history of vocation and skill I want to encourage and challenge us to see that this isn't a season where we can now put things to the side, but maybe this is a season, an opportunity for spiritual vitality where I can use some of those skills for the kingdom of God. I think of our parents at home right now 
who wield in their hands bottles and diapers? Could we see these things that we hold in our hands as means by which we can tenderly raise the next generation and raise them up in a context where they discover that there is goodness and love in this world? Friends, what abilities do you hold in your hand today? I think this staff, it represents abilities. It also represents the experiences of Moses' life. And those of us, many of us know the story that for a number of years, he has wandered in the deserts. He has faced suffering. He has been humbled. He is a far cry from this ambitious man in chapter 1 who runs ahead of God and tries to fight injustice by his own means, only to fail. And I I wonder if this staff represents or helps focus Moses on the way that God has been forming him through the desert and is now going to use those experiences as he walks with others through the desert. As you're seeking to discover your place in God's plan, I think sometimes it's helpful for us to look at our experiences, particularly our experiences of suffering. For those often cultivate within us a sense of empathy and passion for ministry. Down in Cowlitz County, when I was working in homeless outreach work, it was often those who had experienced homelessness or poverty themselves that had the deepest empathy and compassion and commitment to the work of caring for others on the streets. What, what experiences do you hold that God might want to use towards others? There's our abilities, our experiences. But more than that, I notice in this staff that this points ultimately to our weakness. That Moses is right in the face of Pharaoh. This staff does not seem like a whole lot. But I want to encourage us to know that God can use these small things, these weak things, our own sense of weakness, to take on the powers and principalities of this world Many of us probably know the story, but chapter 4 continues where God performs all these signs with Moses' staff, and it's kind of an interesting story and maybe doesn't make a whole lot of sense at first. But as I've been digging into this story, I've noticed that there's some deep symbolism that is going on in these miracles that God does with this mere staff. He turns it into a serpent, and then he allows it to cause Moses to develop leprosy and then be healed. And then he turns part of the Nile River into blood and then back. All of these three things are symbols of the power of the empire in Egypt. The serpent was a symbol of the Pharaoh's power, was on the crown of the Pharaoh. And God is saying that I can take this mere staff and it will become more powerful than Pharaoh himself. Leprosy in ancient literature and in some biblical literature was often seen as a consequence or a punishment for claiming to be divine, for the hubris, the arrogance, which is demonstrated by Pharaoh in this setting. And God is saying that I'm going to bring down Pharaoh in his arrogance with this mere staff. And the Nile River is a symbol of Egyptian prosperity. This is where They worshipped. They worshipped the Nile as a place that provided commerce and work. And God is saying that I am more powerful than that. I can use this mere staff to take down this power. This staff ultimately points to the hope that God can use us even in our weakness to bring about deliverance and hope to those who are oppressed. Prefigured 
It prefigures Jesus himself who, who is lifted up on another piece of wood, on this mere cross, and as Paul says, somehow disarms the powers and principalities by nailing them to the cross. Friends, may this point us to hope that even in our weakness, in what feels like limitation, God can use to make this world a place of hope and beauty. As I was reflecting on this text, I was reminded of a a dear friend of our family, her name is Sarah, and she gave me the privilege of sharing a little bit of her story this morning. But Sarah has been a, a deep blessing to our family, and a few years ago, she was diagnosed with a chronic illness that has caused her to deal with a lot of weakness and often is, is not able to get out of bed. And in the midst of that, she has discovered in her hand a very powerful tool that has been used to bless me and bless many people in our world. For she has picked up a pen and has taken on this work of writing. We receive these beautiful letters filled with encouragement and humor that she writes to our children. But I have since learned that this has become a deeper vocation in her life. She's become a pen pal with an inner city student who's the first to go to college in his, fa- in his family. And she has supported him and sends him care packages. She got a list of people who are on a lung transplant list and became pen pals with them and wrote them words of encouragement. During COVID, she adopted a nursing home where she has written to a number of residents who are lonely. It just came to mind, and I believe she has more authority to speak on the power of this text than I do. This beautiful reminder of how in our weakness, God asks us to look at what we do have in our hand. and How we can use and do these small things with great love, as Mother Teresa calls us to do. That through the simple power of a pen, we can take on the powers of loneliness and evil and injustice to be a small part of leading people towards deliverance and promise. So today, friends, I want to invite you to wrestle with this question. In the midst of a world gone wrong, in the midst of our own sense of paralysis and feeling overwhelmed, there's a God who hears the cries of this world, just as he did in Moses' time. He hears the suffering, and he invites us, gives us the privilege to be part of this work of deliverance. So may we offer our meager gifts, come humbly before God, and wrestle with this question this week. What is in your hand that God wants to use to bless this world? Would you join me in prayer? God, I do pray that you would receive the offerings of our hands today. Lord, like Moses, we acknowledge our sense of weakness Sometimes, Lord, we feel overwhelmed, we fear, feel the paralysis. But Lord, in your power and your strength, you have called us and you have equipped us for this call to be part of your work of hope and healing in this world. So show us, Lord, what we have in our hands that you want to use to bless this world, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.